You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. This is Ben Wolf, your host as always. I want to welcome our guest today who is going to share how to make a mixed entrepreneurial marriage work. Uh, ask everybody to uh, please pause this for a second. Like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, whatever you're allowed to do in the place on which you are listening to or watching this. It is definitely helpful to get the content out here that we are sharing to more people. Uh, with that, I want to get into introducing our guest today. Uh, she is the founder of Entrepreneur, that's N-E-W-E-R, Entrepreneur, uh, where she and her team provide marriage coaching for two types of people, mixed entrepreneurial couples, where one is a business owner and one is not, regardless of which spouse is which, uh, and with different challenges where both spouses are entrepreneurs. Uh, so she's also a speaker at EO and YPO on this topic. You can learn more about her and what she does at, at uh, theentrepreneur.com. That's N-E-W-E-R, theentrepreneur.com. And I give you Kelly Clements. Well, welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Well, I am happy to have you. A very interesting and novel topic uh, for this for this audience. And so, I guess if you don't mind, first starting off with giving us a quick background and context for how you got to be a coach on this, you know, very it, very specific topic. Sure. Um, well, I started coaching entrepreneurs in 2004, back for an entrepreneurial coaching company called Strategic Coach. And so Which, back then, I, by the way, is how we know each other through strategic coach. Yeah, we met in our workshop and, um, you know, I was young and naive 25 year old woman. And I was spending my days in the strategic coach workshops with very successful entrepreneurs, listening to the highs and lows of their businesses and the highs and lows of their lives. And I realized very quickly that my clients fell into two camps those that would count their marriage or their spouse as their greatest asset and those that didn't. And so I always thought it would be fascinating to be either an entrepreneurial couple or the spouse or partner of an entrepreneur, because I realized what a significant role the spouse or partner played. Um, and so I, I started back then in 2004, just really realizing the impact of marriage on entrepreneurship. And then as my professional and personal life progressed, I found myself to be at that time I had was actually a newlywed. So that might've been why I had so much attention on, um, on the couple's relationship. And I would come home every day after work, like really excited about what my clients were doing and full of new ideas that me and my then husband could do together. And he was like, why isn't this enough? Like, why, why, what, what's wrong with what we're doing? And, um, fast forward. So that marriage unfortunately ended in divorce. Um, we have two kids together. And in my next relationship, I chose a partner who was very much like me, very ambitious, very dynamic. Um, and we really understood each other at a level that neither one of us had experienced before. So now I was the more supportive partner in the relationship. So I've experienced both sides of that equation, both as the more driven, ambitious one, and then later as the more supportive one. And I know very innately the and intimately the dynamics that come with each of those roles in entrepreneurial partnerships. Wow. Well, if, so if you don't mind talking more about that, I want to like maybe do one side and then the other, you know, maybe mm -hmm. where the where the woman is the spouse of the entrepreneur, what are the, you know, unique challenges or ways that that presents itself? 
and what are, you know, and the unique challenges where the woman is the entrepreneurial spouse. Because we're, you know, we're not talking about where both is yet, but like sure. where it's one or the other. What are the differences or ways that it presents itself, challenges, problems that people are having in their marriages or lives, where again, where the woman is the entrepreneurial spouse, arms are, or the or the reverse, where she's the supportive or the the, the non-entrepreneurial sure. business owner spouse. Yep. So the the dynamic that I work with the most is when the woman is the spouse um, to the entrepreneur. And what I find there is that, and this is, this is general, obviously every unique, every relationship has its own unique dynamics, but, but generally what I find with um, women is already we're wired or conditioned to um, judge our success or our happiness based on how happy or successful the people around us are. And when you put that dynamic on top of an entrepreneurial marriage, what I find most often is that women find themselves losing themselves in the gravitational pull of their partner in the business. And Mm -hmm. so it starts out as being supportive. And then as years go by, often they find that they feel like a shell of themselves. You know, um, they don't really know who they are anymore. And they've given so much to their family that, and you know, the business has been the, the gravitational center of the relationship that they've gotten sucked into, that they have um, identity loss, passion loss, purpose loss. There's an ambition gap that can build if the entrepreneur typically are very growth oriented. You know, they're always going to workshops, coaches, podcasts, books, you know, all of it to to learn and grow. And if their counterpart doesn't have that same exposure, that ambition gap can only widen, um, which adds its own dynamics. So generally when the woman is the spouse of the entrepreneur, there's, there's some sense of identity or purpose loss in the relationship. Right. And, and what about where the husband is the non-entrepreneurial spouse? Yeah. What do you, what do you see there? You know, that's, that's its own really unique dynamic. And in that, in that dynamic, it's um, it's really important for the man to hold his masculine energy so no matter, because, you know, generally entrepreneurs are strong, they're driven. And for, for all of us, our greatest strength is also our greatest weakness. And when you look at the traits that make entrepreneurs successful in business, driven, ambitious, creative, um, well-connected, all of those traits are really well-served in creating successful businesses. However, those same traits can show up as shadows or challenges at home. So if we're driven in business, we're control freaks at home. If we're passionate in business, we're emotional at home. If we're well-connected in business, we're spread too thin at home. And so um, when when the woman carries that much energy, which is masculine energy, um, if her partner is not stepping up and holding that masculine energy at home, it's really easy. What do you mean? Her. What do you mean holding it? Um conveying it, providing it, being it, you know, that, that's, that's you mean also focusing on, I don't know, being well-connected or not. What, what do you, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean conveying it or being it at home? The, the, okay. So generally speaking, strong, driven, successful women will only keep people around her that are lifting her up. And, you know, because women also carry an invisible workload. And so if she's an 
entrepreneur and a wife and a mother and taking care of the pets and all of the things that come with it. She's also generally the one that's also tracking appointments and are we running low on Cheerios and who's coming over that has food allergies and when are the parents' birthday parties and aging parents, like she's carrying an invisible workload that her partner may not also share. And if she is, um, you know, carrying this whole other entrepreneurial workload, if she feels like her partner is not equally yoked with her and equally providing and like helping to ease that workload or that burden, generally she will release him. And it might not even be physical, but like there might be an emotional um, disregard. There might be an intellectual cutoff. Like there, there's probably some kind of wall or dismissal that will happen because she's finding that this is the other adult, adult in my life. We, it should be creating more synergy and it's creating more work. I don't feel like I'm supported. And so it never allows her to go into her feminine energy. So that, that dynamic there is there's like, there's an undercurrent of disrespect, um, lack of trust, lack of, um, inspiration or partnership. And without that in a love relationship, it can completely erode the intimacy. So it's really important for the man or the masculine partner in that relationship to be direct, to help hold structure, to be participating and providing in his own way. Even if he's not financially matched, there's so many other ways that we contribute or provide in our relationship. And so um, the so man- be the initiator, be the exactly. initiative, be the owner- protector protector of of swaths of their shared life exactly exactly you know holding boundaries is really important for both partners of entrepreneurs because again if we're driven in business we can be really um you know we can be bulldozers at home you know well okay so let's let's get into that i guess i don't know if that maybe there's no difference if it's a woman or a man who's the entrepreneurial partner but um Let's start with that, with meaning boundaries. What are the ways if people are feeling some of the stuff that you referenced here, they're seeing some of that stuff in their lives at home, um, you know, and maybe start with the, the boundaries piece. What are, let's just start getting into the things that people could be thinking about doing differently if they want to be successful and have sure. successful marriages and successful uh, lives, personal lives. Yep. So the thing with boundaries is a lot of times when the word boundaries comes up, it feels like that's a relationship restrictor, or it's, it's a way to cause distance between partners. And the first thing with boundaries is we really need to reframe the value of boundaries. Um, I always say boundaries are beautiful. They are the container that creates sustainability. And so if I have this Mm. bottle of water and I pour it onto my desk, it's going to go everywhere and it becomes useless to me and it becomes counterproductive because now I have a mess to clean up. There were no boundaries. If I take the same bottle of water and pour it into a glass, it is contained. There are boundaries. It is now useful and nourishing to me. And so when we hold boundaries with the understanding and an intent that we're creating longevity and sustainability in a relationship, because we're maintaining that space for our full selves to show up, Now we have better communication. We have better intimacy. We have better trust. We have better respect. And so there's, you know, there's the golden rule that says treat others the way that they want to be treated. There's the platinum rule that says treat others the way they want to be treated. 
And I have the titanium rule, which is treat yourself the way you want others to treat you. And so if we're constantly letting others bulldoze us or, or we're, we're giving away our needs to accommodate other people's wants, how can we expect them to stand up for our needs and, and what we want when we're not even doing it for ourselves? And so those boundaries are really paying attention to when it's appropriate to accommodate what your partner wants, even though it might, or what your partner needs, even though it might not be what you want. Is this more, is this more advice applicable more for the non-entrepreneurial owner partner? Yes. Because generally, like I said, entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs because we can find the next yes. You know, we don't, we don't hit the first no and be like, oh, I guess it's not going to happen and then fade away. It's like, we get a no and we'll, we'll overcome it. That's how we get to build successful businesses is we can overcome those objections. And so when we get home and our spouse gives us an, an objection, we're like, oh, right. well, I'll just find the loophole. Or I'll, I'll, I'll just find the way around it. Right. And a lot of times the spouse is like, you know what, it's just easier to keep the peace. I'm just going to acquiesce, acquiesce, acquiesce. And again, and that's, that's exactly the dynamic that causes that set, that loss of self right. of getting constantly pulled into the gravitational pull of the, the entrepreneur or the business. And so um, I would say boundaries are important for both parties, but it really feels like a, a, an underdeveloped muscle in the spouse because often they have chosen peace over sustainability. And so that's why I say when, you know, when we can make room for the full, for both people to show up as their full selves, it takes two happy, healthy, fulfilled people to create a happy, healthy, fulfilling relationship. Right. So if one partner is not one of those. We're never going to achieve the dynamics of a thriving relationship when one partner feels like a shell of their former self. Right. And is there a place for that or, or how boundaries, you know, and, and, and let's say for the entrepreneurial partner, what are some of the, you know, what are one or two of the main things that people need to be thinking about to make their relationships more successful? You know, entre I think, I think if entrepreneurs have the awareness of when their traits are working for them and when they're working against them, that's often the first step of realizing like, oh, I do this one thing in business and it serves me really well, but I can see where that would be counterproductive at home. Um, and I think presence is the, is one of the highest requests I get from the partners is like, I just want presence. Cause even if he's physically there or she's physically there, you know, I, I see the glances down at the phone all the time or any, any call that comes in at any hour they're taking, we're planning our vacations around their conferences. You know, it's like, we never get to have our own thing. It's always added onto a work event. And so I think if um, the entrepreneur, when they're home can be present, calm, connected, and that's eye contact. It's, you know, it's, it's that my favorite is the six second hug. When you think about an entrepreneur coming home from work and, um, the, the spouse has been home if there's kids or pets or they, they're coming home from their own job, that's worlds colliding. And so just finding each other in the house at the end of the day and holding, you know, a six second hug just helps sync up the nervous systems. And it, it establishes that sense of partnership, um, the, you know, planning vacations based on family priorities and not what the business can accommodate not necessarily to the detriment of business, but it's okay to say, this is the week that we're going to take a vacation, regardless of where the conferences is or what else is happening. Um, because it gives like, those are the small things that communicate to the family that 
the business always doesn't get the best of me and you get the rest of me. There are times when, I, when we can orbit the business around the family, which is a lot of the reason why most of us get into entrepreneurship is we want time freedom. But over time, we actually mm-hmm. lose it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, reclaiming that sense of time freedom of here's when we're taking vacation, the business can figure out, figure out how to operate around it. Right. Now, I don't want to rush you into it so you can answer this when we when we have a minute. But if you could think of a story or an example of maybe one of your clients or clients of your organization um, and kind of what the situation was before, you know, what what you or your team member coached, coached them and then what happened. Yeah, there's hundreds. Um, and I so let me you guys get another question. In the meantime, you can think about it in the background. <laughs> Or are you going to take a second? Um, what's the best? Like, hold on, let me think about. Do you want to? Okay. Um, who's it? Who do I want to talk about? Okay. I, I think after the pandemic, when most couples were forced to spend so much time together. And then, you know, as, as we've come back into the place where everyone's going back to work, the couple that comes to mind is the most, um, I would guess cliche or standard is, um, and do you want me to use names or? No, you just say, say something about them, not that name. Okay. Um, you know, they, they come to me and there, there was an uptick of fighting, you know, they, 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 during the pandemic or after it ended or after know, things got closer to normal. That was really interesting during the pandemic, my business exploded. And I think it was because so many couples were forced to <laughs> deal with each other in a way that they didn't have escapism before, you know, they didn't have the business travel. They didn't have the long nights. They didn't have the gyms. Like they didn't have their normal escape routes and they were forced to deal with it. And so there was a huge uptick in my business then of people like, whoa, like all these things are coming out of nowhere. Like I haven't thought about these things in seven years. And I find out that they've been mad about it. And so there was a lot of, um, cleanup that was happening during the pandemic. But then as we transitioned out of the pandemic and people started getting back into their normal lives, then there, it, the conversation shifted from, you know, it was so nice to have them at home and now they're gone again. And it's like, we're, you know, it's like all the old problems have come back up of not being present. You know, they're, they're always on their phone. Um, the late nights, I feel like I'm doing this alone. We have this big life and I feel like I'm just running all, like all the kids and, and all the household things. And, you know, the vacation, I was like, I feel like it's all on my plate. And now I'm, I'm missing my partner. And the, the remedy has been making sure that you get a sense of play back into the relationship. You know, play is, a, is the place where we create carefree timelessness, which is where love grows. And a lot of times when entrepreneurs talk about taking time off from work and they're at home, they're like, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks. I got it. I've got this long honeydew list or I'm running the kids all over the place or my spouse is like, oh, good, you're home. I'm out. You know, I'm going to go have a spa day or go out with my friends because I never get a break and I'd just rather be at work. And so establishing a really strong sense of play and fun and enjoyment in our free times helps entrepreneurs be more present at home. And so 
transitioning out of the pandemic that there was a lot of focus on taking advantage of the world being open again and going out and doing things together, like rediscovering who you guys are together through that dating relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Always working on the complement to criticism ratio for all relationships. And this is not just entrepreneurs. Generally, the things that we fall in love with in our partner early on become the very things that become really frustrating later on in the relationship. And so what starts out as a lot of praise and affirmation turns into criticism. And so really what making sure that both couples are, are focusing on their complement to criticism ratio is huge. Um, Mm. And then making sure that both people have some sense of purpose and purpose does not always equal profession. You know, purpose can be how we're making others around us feel. It can be how we're showing up for our families. It can be how we're taking care of ourselves, what we're discovering about ourselves or the world. And so having both people have their own identities and sense of purpose and, um, you know, really, again, shoring up the, the masculine energy of provision, protection, and pursuit. When we have those things coming back online, when we have those six factors, play, praise, purpose, provision, protection, and pursuit, that creates a beautiful synergy, you know, that creates the, the kind of energy where the relationship becomes the gravitational pull and the business and the kids circulate around that. How do you, how do you, how do you help? spouses of the entrepreneur um, find that purpose and sense of self again, like if they've already lost it or feel like they've lost it. Yep. You know, it's hard for me to like try to get my head around how to refine that. How do you you help people refine that purpose or identity? Um, it's, It's a word that drives most entrepreneurs nuts and I can see like their light die, like, like start to fade when I say it, because it's, it's been fresh. It's been a frustration for them, but I tell the spouse to start dabbling. And a lot of time that's, that's been the frustration. Cause it's like, she starts this and then doesn't finish. And I I'll get to the reason why a lot of time that happens later, but purpose, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we've been, we've all been in the workshop where it's like, you fill in the, the elevator speech of how this is what your purpose is. And there's formulas. And the fact is, is that for most people, that's not the way that they find their purpose. You know, when I talk to, to women about reconnecting with their purpose, again, purpose is not necessarily a profession. It doesn't right. always have to be a professional pursuit. Um, but I coach them to work towards the thing that puts a lump in the throat or a tear in their eye, you know, that when they can get to that emotional center and a lot of times purpose is one of the things that we really seal off from the rest of the world, because it is so, um, vulnerable, right? Like if we get rejected in our purpose, it, it can get to the point of like, if, if I'm not, if my purpose isn't right what am I here for? And so we can, they can shut it away. And so a lot of times it's peeling the onion of getting back to that place that really makes them feel alive, that makes them feel bulletproof, that makes them feel peaceful and playful and relaxed, that it gets them to that emotional center of, I can't believe I get to do this work. And, um, you know, a lot of times they'll start to get close to their purpose and, it, you know, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I found this yoga class that I really love. And they'll come home and they'll be excited about it. And they're telling their partner about it. And the response from the partner, the entrepreneur is like, oh, my gosh, you should get certified. And then we can open your own yoga studio and then we'll have our own supplements and we can scale it and we can have locations all over. And it's like, no, <laughs> I just <laughs> want 
my yoga class. <laughs> and so they shut down and find something else because they don't want to deal with like always having to monetize their passion or their purpose. Just you, know, you know, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody and that's okay. And when we start to, to project or um, insinuate that, that it is for everybody, we lose ourselves. I experienced that in my first marriage. You know, it's, it's no fun not being good enough in what you're in what you're here to do. And if you're not here to run a business, why would we try and put somebody in on that path? You know, we know how, how hard that is, unless that's something that's in you, it can be a really miserable path to put somebody on that. And so, um, the work there from the, for the entrepreneur is just to support all of the hobbies that, that there's well, experimentation. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Yep. Yeah. Curiosity. That's how you find it. You're not just, totally. you can't just, you're not just going to know what it is. Right. And actually a fun story about that is I was working with a couple in the NFL and he was transitioning out of the NFL and like looking for his next career. And he, he's like, I've gotten to wear gym shorts to work every day, play with my friends, hang out in the locker room, make a ton of money. And now I'm like, what, I'm going to put on a suit and like make a hundred grand a year as a real estate agent. Like what, what am I doing? So I originally started working with him to find his purpose. And his wife was pregnant at the time. And she was like, you know, I, I have purpose envy. Like he's, he's all, like everything he does from the time he wakes up in the morning, the way he makes his nutritional shakes and his workouts, like everything is, is lined up for this purpose. And I don't have that. And I'm, you know, I get jealous sometimes that he has this pursuit and I don't. And so I started working with her as well. And, and she was like, I just don't know what it is. And I just said, just start saying yes to everything. Like, obviously you haven't found it yet. So just start saying yes to everything. And a couple of weeks later, she's like, I'm so mad at you. I said, why? And she said, one of my friends started selling a beauty counter, which is multi-level marketing, network marketing product. And she asked me if I wanted to sell. And the only thing I heard was you saying, just say yes. And so I like said, yes. Very movie. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. And so she started selling beauty counter it's, it's cosmetics and a couple years actually probably within the first 18 months she was in like the top five percent of the company within two years after that she was lobbying congress she's now like one of their leaders she she met her goal of being able to retire her husband so <laughs> wow. and she's she loves it she's passionate about it. but in the beginning she was like i don't want to do this but she just said yes. And it unfolded into this great career and this passion project for her. She's like into mm -hmm. all kinds of toxic chemicals and toys. And she's my go-to on, on references for what's healthy and what's toxic. Right. You know, and she, she came from an interior design background. So whoever would have thought that she would have ended up selling cosmetics right. and that's that, a function that, of just saying yes. That's funny. Yeah. That's a great story. Wow. The, um, I guess uh, last question. Probably not not time to talk too much about it, but where where both spouses have businesses, yeah. Well, what does that look like? What do people need to watch out for? So that's a couple of things. First, making sure that you have your relationship set up as a three legged race model. So yours, mine, and ours, and being really really clear about what's yours and what's mine, because it's, you know when you think about the entrepreneurial type, if two people have their own business, these are two strong, ambitious, driven people. And in a personal relationship that requires accommodation, it requires yielding, it requires give and take, which strong, driven, ambitious people aren't always necessarily naturally skilled at. 
And so it's really important here to have separate, um, separate boundaries. Like that's your outside leg in the three-legged race model. I might think that you're making a big mistake in your business, but I trust you and respect you enough to know that you know your business better than me. So I'll offer guidance or suggestion if you ask. And if you don't take it, it's not going to cause hard feelings because the same might be true over here. You know, there's, um, there's an instinct in entrepreneurs that don't always translate to their teams or their partners. So respecting one another's instincts in their own business, offering advice when asked and being completely okay if they don't follow the advice and not getting into past casting of, I told you, you should have done that. This, we never, but it would have been here if you did, you did that. You know, there's, there's inherent trust and respect that's necessary there. Um, and the other thing, when I have two strong driven people is to remember that um, it's not always greener on the other side. Cause a lot of times if I ask like, okay, if your partner was not driven, and they did not have their own business and they couldn't share this entrepreneurial journey with you. And they, you know, they were a stay at home spouse or a nine to five employee. Would you still feel as fulfilled? And most often it's no, you know, it's like, this is just what comes with the territory. You know, this is, if you want this level of synergy and this level of, um, freedom, this level of connection, because they innately understand that entrepreneurial journey with you. This is just what comes with the territory. Right. So it's a matter of perspective as well. Right. Well, that's, that's great stuff. I, I love this. It's a, a great topic. And I'm also thinking about, we, we have in my fractional integrator COO firm, we have a number of clients that are married couples, mm-hmm. both in the business, in the same business, not in their yeah. own businesses. So that's, we we don't even have time to get into that, which is a, a whole other area, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, no, it's extremely interesting, helpful. I really appreciate this. I hope both spouses of entrepreneurs and more likely the entrepreneurs themselves, maybe they'll share it. But uh, you know, we'll hear this. Super helpful. People can find out more again about what you do uh, and you and your team do at theentrepreneur.com. N e w e r theentrepreneur.com. And Kelly, just really, really appreciate you making the time to talk with us today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And we'll see everybody else on the other side. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.